The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey, ho, ho. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We hope everybody is in a good place today. We're going to have a super fun show, you guys. And before we get started and tell you about it and say hi to everybody in the chat room, let's say hi to our cool, outrageous man about town, Mr. Ron Russell. I can't find my shaver. I didn't shave. Look, I look like a walrus or like Father Time. Beards age you. I don't give a crap what you say. Look how old I look with this beard. All white. I mean, it's horrible. So You look great. No, my personality changes. <laughs> yeah, right. Now I feel like, you know, Father Time. Old, sophisticated, quiet, demure. Oh, yes, demure. You See? look handsome. I don't. So I, what's up, everybody? I look good when I was young and I had a black beard. But the white fine. beard. No, the white beard looks like Santa Claus. Get out of here. Beards for all those like jerky it. guys out there with beards. Everybody's I got a beard. beard. I know you have a beard. Everybody <laughs> has a beard. It's so played out. Every guy I look out look at has a beard. I mean, come on, guys. They say we look gorgeous. Yeah, right. And I like my beard. Oh, but yeah, well, I like your I beard too, because beard. I don't care if you look old. You're supposed to look old. <laughs> yeah. But I'm supposed to look young. I like love it. Anyway, what's up, chat room? We have a lot of people in the chat room. Actually, they like your beard. Yeah, well, they can have it. I'll, <laughs> I'll, when I cut it, I'll put it in an envelope and mail it to them. We want to say hi to B. Claudia and hope you're B. okay. Claudia, They're having what's, flooding what's... in Germany and her high, like the floods are all over, like 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 feet high. And so she's uh, stay well, my, safe, B. My daughter Leslie said that next year she read somewhere or somebody told her next year. The United States is going to have the most rain it's ever had because of some El Nino or El somebody, El, El one of those people. Anyway, uh, we need the rain here in the desert, but the only problem is the desert absorbs X amount of footage. Maybe it absorbs uh, two feet of water, and then it doesn't absorb anymore. So Palm Springs floods very easily because the water coming down from the mountains goes down the uh, wash, but the streets become a wash also, so the mountain water goes in the streets. We'll worry about it later. Well, it's going to be a very floody winter time. but my plants need it because it's been 123 here and all those stupid numbers, and my plants just couldn't deal with it. She said that she can see, we can see the pics on Facebook. It's like like feet of, of rain. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. So we hope you're safe, stay, stay safe, and we have a whole bunch of people in here to say hi to. Flash flooding. Teresa Saban is here from Florida, and Don Hinton is here. She's from Burbank, I think. Backpack John is here. 
Angela Joseph is here. Uh, Eileen Shapiro is here. Um, Lady Cindy Lady Lake is here. I know there's other people, but they're not writing in there fast enough, so I can't mention them. So I can only mention them when I see it because I can't go back. But anybody we want to thank you guys. I think Alexi Angelini is in there. And uh, I don't know if Artist Miss Kim is there yet. But you guys, we have a super fun show. Uh, We have two guests coming on today. First, we have uh, Oscar nominee Randy Edelman. Uh, one of the biggest composers of film in in the world. He's composed the soundtracks for like amazing, amazing things, including Last of the Mohicans, of which he got nominated for an Academy Award. And he's also written songs for some of the biggest people ever. And then we have Jeff Dwoskin, a comedian, podcast host. Ron and I have been on his show, and we had a good time. And so we like having him come on to like kind of cross-promote each other. He's a really cool cool guy, and so I think it'll all be fun. Oh, and Miss, artist Miss Kim just showed us showed up. Yay! So we had a great time, you guys, this last week. Last week after we left the show, we immediately rushed to get to L.A. to see the screening of Pretty Boy, the film uh, written by Joe Netter, directed by Marcel Waltz, Walsh, and uh, starring Sarah French and a bunch of other cool people that have been on our show. Devony Pin is in it, a bunch of other cool people, and we had a great time. Did you have fun? I'm not speaking because I feel like an old man. (laughs) So I'm going to act like an old man and just sit here and do. uh, 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 uh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Oh, Jimmy's uh, there, too. What's up, Jimmy? Jimmy I forgot. Jimmy. um, Jimmy's from Jimmy's Universe. Oh, he's always in there. He used to be called Aquarius View. We had a lovely time with and Boomer with all our friends at the uh, movie. Uh, the movie is a slasher movie, <clears throat> but then it changes and turns around and has a story. I am not a fan of slasher movies. I will not hide that fact. I'm in them. I don't like them. And I really don't accept a script where I get bloody and killed because I don't want to see myself that way. And I don't think I need that as an actor. As an actor, I like to act. Uh, just being in a scene where they slash me with no dialogue I leave that for others that enjoy that. Anyway, uh, Pretty Boy is worth seeing, but you must see Blind first. After seeing Blind, you'll get what Pretty Boy is all about. Um, You know, when you write something as terrific as Blind, which is really a classic piece of writing, it's very hard with number two to, to compete. Some people think it's better. Some people think it's equal. Some people think it's less. Um, It's a matter of taste. But I always felt that one is an original, two is a copy. And copies don't necessarily stand up as well as originals do. But for you slasher freaks out there, this is the movie you want to see. Plenty of ahs and oohs and oh my God, look at that. I didn't look. I looked down at the floor whenever they start Chopping, cutting, blowing up, sticking, stabbing. Ugh, I can't deal with that crap. Anyway, I would suggest you go see Pretty Boy. It's a fine film. It's a good film. But please, see Blind first. Now, about our house. I've been designing our house on Facebook. And I love the idea that all my Facebook friends now are really close with me because they're giving me their opinions on what we should do with the wall over the fireplace. I've done it in a couple of different looks and nobody likes any of it. Neither do I. Uh, But now I've hung a painting there that's really an interesting watercolor. And it goes well with the with the uh, seafoam bricks that I uh, rock ledge that I painted. 
Um, the only problem is our living room now looks like two fairies live in that house. It doesn't look like men live there. Two old queens, you know, like I should serve tea to other old ladies. It doesn't have a, a young, springy feeling to it. Uh, but then again, you know, we are old. So I guess it, it's befitting who we are. As far as mid-century goes, I've had it. I had it in the 1950s. I hated it. I don't like it now. It's cold. It's like a doctor's office. And it's all made out of junk today. There's no wood. It's all pressed cardboard or some kind of weird stuff. So you're spending a fortune of money on a sofa that doesn't even have down in it. And, and you know, you buy it. You're spending a lot and getting little. Years ago, the furniture was made indestructible with feathers and foam. And the fabrics were all high quality. Today, if you go to Bloomingdale's showroom, everything is gray black beige and the fabrics stink they're not even good fabrics they're all polysynthetics so what do i do now when i need furniture i go to consignment shops and i buy the magnificent stuff that cost a fortune years ago that people don't want because they've gone mid-century thank you for going mid-century because now i'm able to buy real wood i only have wood in our house i will not have composition and I will not have uh, junk, you know, crappy, made like crap, screw on leg furniture. I hope I'm not offending you out there if you have that. But that's your taste. And you gave your opinion. Now I'm giving you my opinion. So on, you got all kinds of people in the chat room. And I want to go back to talking about Pretty Boy. But everybody in the chat room says the house is beautiful. They all saw the pictures. No, I have um, a new, I have a watercolor up now of a woman, a, a Pompeian woman, you know, Pompeii. It's a beautiful watercolor. But it does make the room feminine. I mean, that room looks like I should wear a, a, a gold oh, gown doesn't. and Jimmy should be in a hot pink satin gown. It does not. It does so. It look like two fruits. So anyway. Like a fruity, fruity living room. Uh, show Dawn your watch real quick. And everybody loves it. And they all said they love the aubergine. The, the what? Aubergine. aubergine. The, you pronounce it correctly. Aubergine. It's called aubergine, you Floridian. And show the picture. Show the watch. I showed the watch. I know. You're showing the band. Well, here. It's my 40s watch. That one's We're, mine, actually. The pink one. I love it. Well, thank you for telling everyone that. <laughs> I, I borrowed it from Fago over here. <laughs> Miss, Miss Bitchface. Uh, that he likes that pink. He got I do. so I excited. He said, oh, the room is pink. We also want to get I it. said, you are such a fairy that you love the room pink. You're I such love a, it pink. You're a real fucking girl. I, I really mean <laughs> it. You should have tits. I'd be happy. Tits as big as Angie's or, or, or Eileen's tits. If you're going to have Eileen tits put too. in, if you're going to have tits put in, have them put in the size of Eileen's. They said the watch is beautiful. Now they're laughing and they love pink too. Yeah, but you know, you're a man. I mean, I came from a culture where pink was for women. But men, you're wearing pink. Well, because nowadays we're allowed. But in my day, even has pink shoes on. In, in, in the 1950s, pink and gray was the big thing. Okay. And I remember having a beautiful gray linen suit, double breasted, gorgeous suit. And I wore a pink shirt, soft pink with a gray tie. And my father said, take that shirt off or you look like a fag. And I thought to myself, gee, already they know it. But anyway, um, I changed the pink shirt and I put a white one on. Back then, men did not wear pink. They were ashamed to wear pink. Today, thank God, Ralph Lauren and all the other great designers have introduced us to so much color. And it's nice that we don't have to always wear beige, gray, and white, and black. 
Every they're talking about my phone case. You're right. My phone case is pink. I Everything like love this it. Everything this fairy has is pink. I swear to God. I have sneakers I'm and a, I have I'm, I'm buying him loafers. I'm, going I have, to, I'm wearing pink shorts. I'm going to <laughs> buy him pink ballet slippers because he wanted them when he was a kid. And his sister got them. Oh, and Christmas. they're talking about how much they like my pink. Wait. And he thought that he was getting the pink ballet slippers, but they were for his sister. So he knew he was a homo when he was like <laughs> six or seven years old. I didn't find out <laughs> until I was a teenager, but he knew he was. A they whole... say I wear pink very well. Yeah, because you're a fairy. That's why you <laughs> wear pink very well. Anyway, real quick, going back to the pity boy thing, you guys, we had a blast. We had all kinds of friends there that you guys know who have been on the show. Sadie Katz was there. Jan Birch was there. Al Burke was there. Um, the, the guy, Dan Babick, who we uh, who we saw um, uh, two weeks ago on the show uh, with the little puppy. Uh, from from the uh, sweet, dog show, what a, a great guy! Angela Joseph, sweetie. Angela Joseph was there with Looking us. She's in the outrageous. chat room. Outrageous! She had on a top that I swear, I don't it was know. A dress. There's a her dress. There's a contest going on. Who's bigger, Eileen or Angie? I mean, but if Eileen and Angie were in that room, there'd be no room for anybody else because their boobs would have taken up all the space. But Angie's got some set of we also whom, uh, we met everybody from the cast. Robert Russell was there. Everybody we um, had a ball. Then we went to the after party, which was in the studio where they shot. And that reminded me of parties I used to go to a thousand years Wolfpack ago. Wolfpack Studios. Well, years ago, I used to go to Warner Brothers a lot and we would go to parties on the uh, I, I think it was 10. Was it number 10? I think we used to go to. Was it 10? Anyway, it was one of the numbers on the lot where they would show the movie, you know, clips of it, and then the after party. And that's where you saw, you know, Clark Abel and all those big stars. So we also want to give a quick shout out to uh, Boomer. Boomer Mays, what's up? Today's his birthday. Uh, so happy birthday, Boomer. Thanks for checking us out and coming in the show every week. And we want to wish you the best birthday ever. Happy birthday, Boomer. And uh, B. Claudia is saying she can't wait for today's guest. He's a legend. So there you go. So we're going to bring our legend on right now. Um, go ahead. Let's bring him in. Hey. Oh. <laughs> well, for once, the guests got in. I'm in. Big, I'm in in a big way. Right in there. Look at that. Because we've been having a little bit of bad luck in these last couple of weeks. The people that we've invited on, they don't know how to get in. And they never had somebody around to help them. So we were screwed. We didn't have a guest and we'd have to improvise. Well, you were almost screwed today, but because you have a legend, you're in. <laughs> well, you are you are a legend. You're so right? hang on, hang I, on. So now you're on your phone, right? I was doing I'm on the phone, phone, but I set it up in front of my yeah, it's in front of my yeah. laptop. Is there a way that you can turn the phone sideways or will that mess you up? So we have oh, a long picture uh, of you, a wide on. picture. There you go. Look at that. Now it looks like a real camera. There you go. Perfect. You're okay. So now we got to introduce you. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, one of the most talented men and an Academy Award nominee, Mr. Randy Edelman. Hello, and welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Good to see you guys. I'm glad we're in business here. Yes, me too. Let me introduce you. Starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Ron Russell, yeah. nice I to meet. Well, you. I know. Nice to meet you. I nice bet you're, you're you're a nice little Jewish boy. Of course, I'm a I'm a half a Jewish boy. Okay. <laughs> half is better than none, baby. Well, you know, somebody once <laughs> said to me, "Which half is what?" I said, "Well, my upper half is Italian because it works like hard labor. 
my lower half is Jewish, I said, and it goes once a month. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a lot of begging. <laughs> well, oh, well, okay, we're not going to get into that, but whatever, it's fine. So Good. now we have a chat room full of people. Everybody's represented, like lots of different countries. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi to everybody in the chat room. Then you have to do some special ones. So we got Eileen in there. So she's say hi to, to Miss Eileen. Eileen. She's the greatest. The yes, greatest. she is. What do you men see in her? <laughs> Be, besides her boobs. I mean, every guy that has I never no- even, I've met her. I've never even. When you have that kind of soul, the beauty just boots. You look at no boobs. <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not the That's only one. I know. I said he's the only oh, one. Yeah, who's you're, not the, you're the only one. Everybody else always tells us how much they love her boobs. Every guy, every guy that we know makes a comment about it in private. I mean, I personally, when I saw Eileen, saw I didn't ever saw boobs. I just saw her charm and inner beauty. And that's a lot of shit, but anyway. I, 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 but I'm with you, baby. That that's the way I feel about her. There you go. So hold cool. on. We no. also have we have uh, the one who actually wrote that you're such a legend in the chat room. Her name is B Claudia, and she's in Germany. She's fabulous. So say hi to B Claudia so she can faint. B Claudia is that B like B Beatrice B E A my mother's no, no B like the little bug that flies B, around and B. gives you honey. Oh B. Oh, that's true. <laughs> okay. And, right, and right, right, right now she's floating because Germany is flooding. Yeah, <laughs> bad floods in Germany. So B is doing backstrokes as she talks. All right, everybody. So now we're going to tell you a little bit about Randy Edelman before we get going too far. Uh, so first of all, he's a composer. He's a singer. He's got a brand new song. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. You can follow him on Instagram. He's uh, the real Randy Edelman on Instagram, and he's Randy Edelman on Twitter, and that's E D E L M A N. So Randy Edelman. Uh, his website is randyedelman.com. And uh, I'm going to like do some bragging for you, and then we're going to just come back and talk about all of it. But that way people get to know who you are a little bit. So, you guys, as a musician, he was uh, the opening solo act to many uh, groups, including the Carpenters, Frank Zappa, and I don't know who the Mothers of Invention are, but it was on your website. So I, I, took I, it off. I know who that, they were. What do you mean? That was Frank Zappa's group. This, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. this is this is old history. Why why are you talking about this stuff? No, because it's fun let's to talk move about. Come on, baby. Move no, on. let's not control our show. No, 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 Let no, us no. control the show. Don't oh, you Ron, tell us what break. to do. Give no, fuck break. off. Fuck off. I don't like being told what to do. Ron. Okay, you're a guest on our show. Act like a guest. Are you okay? serious? That? No, I'm not kidding. We will ask you the questions. You don't direct us, okay? okay. I don't I, like, do Would I do that to you? Would I do that to you? Okay. He's, build, he's building bricks for you. He's giving people your background because you have a, an amazing background. And to leave out one piece of work is a sin. So please let him continue building who you are. And you I are a great up. composer. And then we're going to do the current stuff too, Randy. You have, you have 10, 11 hours in. Okay, go ahead. No, <laughs> no you're going to be on for a while. No, you no, know? we're going to get it well, perfect. Listen, listen, listen. We are a conversation show. We are not a, an interview show. We pal out with our guests and we talk back and forth and we have fun and we lighten up and then we go into serious stuff. That's exactly that, what that, we, were, we were having a conversation. I but that, that's my- why we have over four and a half million people that watch us every year from all over the world. And three years in a row, we've been voted the number one podcast talk show. So now you know who we are. Let's hear who you are. Go, Jimmy. Go. All right. So here we go, you guys. Uh, first of all, I wanted to bring up the thing with the Carpenters because you know that song, which I know it's not the song you did, but you know that song, that little kid song, Sing, Sing a Song with yeah. the kids. I'm one of the little kids. 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. performed with them a bunch when I was little. Yeah, that's when I met them about that time. Yeah. Uh, I was like really little, but it was like a lot of fun. So anyway, you guys, he's got songs recorded by this is just some of the stuff, you guys, because like he said, we'd be talking for hours. He's recorded uh, songs by uh, Barry Manilow has recorded his music. Patti LaBelle. Woo, Patty LaBelle, that's a biggie. Olivia Newton-John, Maureen McGovern, The Carpenters, The Fifth Dimension, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Cool in the Gang, Bing Crosby, that's yo, another biggie. Nelly, and Rosemary Clooney. Biggie, biggie for my day. He's also appeared on Top of the Pops, which for me was like a really big deal. Uh, he's done concerts at the London Palladium and the Drury Theatres. He, he's toured through Europe, Japan, and Australia. And he's done movie scores for like huge like this is like like super impressive it's so many things are impressive but I, I picked out the films though for you randy of the films that i actually like like a lot so here we go alex cross because i have a friend in it national lampoon christmas vacation the executive action with burt lancaster Jeez. ghostbusters 2 twins troop beverly hills um my cousin Vinny shout which believe it or not like i love that movie shout and i love that guy jamie walters who i've been trying to get on the show now he's a fireman he doesn't act anymore the last of the mohicans of which you got an academy award nominee congratulations mask why you were sleeping the quest dragon heart for richer or poor head over heels the skulls triple x 27 dresses the boy next door with jennifer lopez and leap year with amy adams and now, i know there's a lot more and, Anna, what, what did and, i miss what did i miss Oh, my. I know I missed a lot because I only said about 20 and there's hundreds of think, them. Think Civil War. Uh, Gettysburg. There you go. There's what I, <laughs> you, you I knew Ron was going to chime in with that right away. Okay, go ahead. No, no, he, no, no, uh, no, no. You have an amazing, I hate the word amazing. Everybody uses it. You have a fabulous career, my friend. You have really succeeded beyond most people we know. I knew Beyond Bert, my own. <laughs> well, I, I knew I knew Burt Bacharach years ago. No. And I thought yeah. Burt Bacharach was big stuff because he wrote six songs that I loved. But you, my darling friend, you have absolutely outshone everybody. Oh, well, Burt Bert Bacharach is an, an original, a great. Yeah, great but six, six songs. Look at you, what you've got. Forget oh, he's got it. more than six songs. Okay, well, we'll I'll, if you want, I'll give him a ring and he can come on the show. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I knew Burt when he was married to Angie. Years ago, many, many years ago. Well, I didn't know him then, but okay. I okay. like love it. Okay, so you got all these great things that you've done. Do you have a something? And I also know you did stuff for like the Olympics and uh, yeah. I don't know, a whole bunch of things. Would you, what is like if you had to pick a career highlight, what is something that has been like one of your favorite, one of your favorite things? Because obviously you got a zillion of them. Well, they're, they're, here's the thing I didn't, uh, the, you know, when we talk about these things down, when you mention them, which is wonderful for me to hear these things. And of course, I remember all of them. I didn't do things. I didn't go from one thing, doing my albums and writing songs, to suddenly composing for films. That's a fifteen or twenty-year, you know, thing before that started. So from each thing, there are different wonderful stories. Which well, I don't really have. We don't have time to get into them. But there are certain songs that I wrote that um, turned into things that were totally unexpected years later. Uh, the films. Every different genre, whether it be action, uh, period films, and all the comedies I did, they, they each have, each director, uh, they each have their own story. So I don't really have, you know, one in particular of any of these areas, but it's not like I went from one area to the other area. There was a gradual kind of turnaround. And actually, it was, uh, in many of these cases, it was hard work to almost... Uh, turn the ship around, so to speak, because all of these things for me 
were totally unexpected. I was a classical trained conservatory graduate musician. So I had no idea when at long ago, when I was interested in music, that it would go to any of these places. I didn't want to be a songwriter. I certainly didn't know anything about film scores other than just like you uh, would go and see a film and you may hear the music and think it's great. But I didn't have a, a, a path I was going down. The only path I had um, that I was going down is I figured there may be a way that I could not get a job, sit behind a piano. I've never been in a band or anything like that and create and write music of some kind, which I liked all different kinds of things. And that was my goal to be able to do that. Love it. So what work of yours are you the most proud of? Um, you know, like I said, in, in, in the areas of scores, I may say to you, oh, you know, Mohegan's or Gettysburg or a film called Come See the Paradise, the great English director, the best director there was, Alan Parker, uh, called Come See the Paradise. Um, but then you have all the comedies like The Mask and My Cousin Vinny and all the Schwarzenegger twins. Love My Cousin Vinny. Well, that was in that again, that was an unexpected. A lot of those things that I did, um, they were nothing. There was no expectation. They were not big budget films. They when they came out, they weren't particularly successful. So I had a lot of those kind of uh, odd situations that seemingly I um, uh, it's not really that I picked things. It's not like it was hard work getting them as opposed to someone else being on them but things would um they would turn out very well and they've kind of all kind of stood the test of time as far as the songs um a lot of them were um songs that i wrote that i put on an album and my albums never really sold except in england a few of them but uh but then they would get a certain song the least likely song like Weekend in New England that Barry Manilow did, um, they were the songs that nobody really uh, responded to when I did my own album. And I never wrote songs for people. They were always people finding these things on my um, on my albums. And that the, there's stories that go along. The Nelly story, the rapper. Um, you'd say, I dressed him. I dressed. I used to be a clothing designer. I actually dressed Nelly once. Uh, I I didn't do that, but he. <laughs> but, but and I, I don't know whether it was you or Ron that said something when you said Patty Labelle and. Somebody. Oh, I love Patty Labelle. Okay, well, I worship uh, Patty Labelle. Okay, well, Patty Labelle was the reason for the Nelly record, but they're twenty years. That's a twenty-year story and a five-year story before Patty Labelle recorded my song from my album, and of course did a eight minutes screaming version completely yeah. different than my nice little quiet ballad that i didn't even want to put on that album it was on and then she did a version of it and it was right at the end of the time when there were kind of regional like r&b stations and then you know not it's not like that obviously for years and years but it was a big r&b hit and years years later nelly took that version of my song and worked with it. And that's how I got that. Tell song. everybody the name of the yeah, song. What's the name of the song? Hey, the name of the song is, isn't it a shame? Okay. I know that, that you wrote that. 
I wrote. Of course, I wrote. Yeah, I so, know that. I know. I'm Pat. My friend, some such as love must end this quiet. I broken. fucking love it. Okay, so, then Patty Labelle took she that. She belted it. She belted and it. And she, fuck, she. It was like eight minutes long. They cut it down to maybe four or five minutes, and it became a hit single. And then years later, that the eight minute screaming version is the one. Too long a story that Nelly picked up, and um, you know, nobody really told me, and uh, until it was like a hit, huge. Yeah, but that it's a great song. It's it's really a great song, by the way. I would say you did an excellent job on that song. Thank you, thank you. No, it was it's a it's a fabulous song, and Patty Labelle does make you crazy with it. She goes on and on. Yeah, she when I went to um, Santa Monica Civic. After she recorded it, I hadn't heard the record. They just said, oh, she did the song on her album. It wasn't a single yet. And I went and I saw her with her group, LaBelle, I think. Right. Yeah. And the Bells. And, uh, yeah. And they they were coming off that big, you know, av- you know, that French, that huge song, Lady Marmalade or whatever that was. Oh, that was good. And, right. And, um, and I saw her and I went back and then we talked. I went back and met her and then it became a hit and... So there's, you know, there's stories behind these songs of mine that weren't obvious from the beginning. And they were on these albums that I did for years. Um, and and so a lot of those things uh, are weren't, you know, they weren't like I wrote the song, I recorded it, and everybody said, that's a hit or that's it. They were always the ones that both that song and Weekend New England, the record companies wanted them off the album. You were only allowed to have no. songs, and both of those were were going to be tossed. And uh, I did something to uh, one of them. I removed. I remember a song. I removed. That was easy, but the other one I couldn't. So I worked out a way to have them both on. And and, and there are more stories like that. But those were two. Well, why don't you write a book? I mean, you've got so many stories. You know how interesting that book would be? The background of music for a change? We always have background of movie stars. Now, Patti LaBelle, I wrote, I read somewhere, when she did On My Own, never thought it would be the hit it was because it was interracial. People were upset that a black woman was living with the white man in the song. Back in those days, that stupidity existed. Today, thank God, it's gone. So Patty never dreamed in a million years that that song would be, and it's a fabulous song on my own. What do you think? Yeah, that's that's a Michael McDonald song, right? Yeah, yeah. well, you know, a black woman with a white man back then was not a very pretty sight. We love Michael McDonald. You know, all you have to do, I'm like the, is mention a name to me and I'll give you like an incredible story about me. <laughs> oh, well, Patty, I'm not, not going to do that now, but, uh, but I there. love, I love Patty. She was, Patty LaBelle was supposed to come to my house for dinner because what's her name from, uh, Kathy Sledge. Kathy Sledge is a friend of ours and she lived in the next town from us in Pennsylvania. So I mentioned to her how much I love Patty LaBelle. And she said, well, when I, when my husband and I come to your house for dinner, we'll invite Patty LaBelle. But the studio said you have to be in L.A. immediately. So we had to move back to L.A. And there went my meeting with Patti LaBelle. Okay. Have you ever met her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love her. Is she nice? And Everybody says she's a darling person. Yeah. Yeah. Every, you know, I, a lot of times you meet these people, especially after they record a song. I, sometime 
I'll try to remember this. I'm going to mark it down. I'll tell you the full story because there's something really insane that I've left out of this story, but I'm not going to oh, get it. Oh, damn it. Write a friggin' book. <laughs> I went up to San Francisco to play songs for a producer. His name was like John Rubenstein or something like that. And that's where uh, I played the song. I didn't meet her yet. And when I left there because of an event that happened while I was in the guy's office, I never met her and forgot about the song and her. And then months later, I found out she recorded the song and I was shocked. But the big story is what happened when I was sitting in that guy's office. Well, if you don't tell me, I'm going to cut your, your throat. <laughs> okay. It involves a shooting. Okay. That's oh, even shooting. better. This yep. is ju this is juicy. Go boy, go. Okay, here, okay. I really this, you know, okay. So I go up there with a wonderful woman named Margaret Nash, who used to be married to the well known Johnny Nash. Okay. Uh, but she wasn't at the time. She was working for my publisher. We went up to San Francisco to play songs for this guy in what is it, Fisherman's Wharf or whatever that little area. The right. music scene at that time, there was a lot of stuff. In San Francisco, you know, record companies had studios and stuff. And we went in to play. We had an appointment. Obviously, we flew up to San Francisco to play this guy songs. And while I was there, somebody walked in and shot the guy. Oh my God! You're kidding. seriously? I'm I mean, serious. Yeah. No, it, we, he, I'm not not serious. Did they shoot him? He, did he die? He. he well, he didn't. Thank God. But oh, okay. he. It was that serious. Of course, when you're sitting in a room with somebody, little, little office playing like demos for this guy, what you would never, you can't imagine. And it was so fast. I thought, you know what? The light above us blew out or something because it happened real fast. Turns out this was a guy who bought demos to this guy and the guy had constantly returned them or never returned his calls. It was as simple as that. The guy ran out of there so that I never saw the really the guy or it just happened in just a split second. But the guy narrowly escaped from death. That's good. Well, and thank God. Thank God that the guy didn't decide to shoot everybody in the room. To me, no. Thank God she did the song. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so you're from New Jersey, too, right? I read it on, I think, on your website. Teaneck, Teaneck, right across the bridge. You know. my, my, my relatives are from Teaneck. The well, Neros, the Neros, they they were there for centuries when Teaneck was just a mosquito swamp. Uh, well, it was a mosquito swamp when I was. I mean, no, my mother, my mother told me in 1921 oh, when wow. she, she used to go there as a kid. Uh, it was all swamp. But yeah, I can hear your Jersey accent, and yeah, I got to tell you, yeah, I never. I, no, I, I have I, to tell you, I love it. It's music. You're, you're giving me mute. When you speak New York and Jersey, I'm in heaven. Because I have a New York accent, and I refuse to lose it. Oh, don't lose it. I, I, me too. You know. I love, I, I love I, your I, accent. I, I love it. I could listen to you all day. Well, okay. I love the way. <laughs> no, it's it's East. You know, in California, they make me nauseous sometimes with the call you, and it's real neat. I mean, who the fuck talks like that? You know. <laughs> I mean, in New York, we say, "Hey, hey, Fucko, how are you?" You know, yeah. we're, we're more down to earth. We're real. And exactly. when you when you speak, you speak with honesty. Out here, they all sound like they're full of shit. Exactly. He actually knows that because he lives here. He lives in Beverly oh, you, Hills. Oh, you live yeah. here? Yes, oh, in Beverly I'm right Hills. Here. I'm right oh, here. Oh shit! Hills. The the least likely place for me to live. 
right here. Right. I've, been, I've been here a I, while. I lived in Beverly Hills. I lived on Spalding, right opposite the high school, diagonal to the Beverly Hills High. And yeah, yeah. I had the night. I was in the flats, and I had the nicest neighbors, uh, all New York Jews. So I was in my glory. I was in my well, my where, element. Where I live, I've been in this for twenty five years. The no one. I'm I'm in the flats between Sunset and Santa Monica. I've never met any, no one speaks, you know, people walk their dogs or somebody. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's how it is. No, really. no, 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 I had, what, but uh, were in a yeah. I went and spoke to my neighbors next door to me lived, uh, that beautiful girl from Peyton place, the TV series. What the hell was her name? And you got to remember ba ba Barbara something. You got to remember too, though. He's talking about a long time ago, like because people have changed now. They used to be friendly. I think yeah. probably everywhere. Greg Morrison was the on the other side of me. Two houses down was Greg Morrison from that TV show, whatever it was called. And I, and across the street was on Penthouse Four was Rita Hayworth. We saw her the night they came and took her away. The ambulance and all the cops. Oh. Uh, so I had a pretty active little block, and my people, my neighbors were very nice. All Jews from New York. So, I mean, you know, Jewish people are yentas and they like to talk. And uh, it was comfortable. It was home for me. Then suddenly it started to change and Iranian people started moving in and everybody hated the Iranians, which was bullshit because one of my dearest friends to date is Iranian and they bought the house across the street and he owns the, the rug company in Beverly Hills, you know, that big rug place. And he's a sweetheart in his family. They, they took us in like we were. So anyway, he moved back to California. No, they, I mean, he they, moved back to New yeah, York. They, they, they treated us like Mishpoka. But anyway, then I moved back. To, they went back to New York. Yeah. You got to like that's it. my policy. We live, we live in Beverly we live Hills. we live in Palm Springs now, and and it's right. just like probably like it is like we don't know any of our neighbors really either. They because don't really there talk were very, there are no Jews here. There's all Goyim. <laughs> Oh, guy, you should be down there. Not, not, uh, just not, not where we live. Not, not development. <laughs> not where you live. But. I mean, there, there, yeah, we, there, there are four Jewish people here that we're dear friends with Marilyn oh. and Andy and um, Sean, Ka Sean Kanan and uh, Michelle. Uh, and who else is Jewish? That's it. That's it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We have so, uh, Teresa Sabin is loving this. Teresa Sabin is kind of like B. B. Claudia. She's just fabulous. She supports our show all the time. She never misses it. And she's talking about how much she loves this and how wonderful you are. And uh, actually, everybody in the chat room like loves you. So uh, just say hi to Teresa for me, too, because yep. they love that when we do that. And then they hear it on the Somebody, replay. Hi to Teresa. Hi, Teresa. <laughs> You got to love. It. So basically, then of the story you told us a little while ago. So basically, well, even as no, no, not the story about the guy getting his shot, the story about like your career. Um, so even even now, basically, like you recorded stuff for you and other people took it and recorded. It. So like they're not like banging on your door for I mean, you've done all these movie stores. Oh, no, no, no. Well, hold on, hold on. No. Movie scores have nothing to do with songwriting. I don't okay. write, I don't write songs anymore at all for for years. I wrote my new single. When I was locked away here, that was about something specific, and I love doing it, and I, I love it. But um, no, no, songwriting, I stopped year. That was like a different lifetime. So I just stopped. I, okay. I don't have time. Uh, when you score films, it's a completely different animal, and it's a different craft, and it has nothing to do with songwriting. Okay, know? so then so what about for movie other, scores, wait, In other words, you're retired. No. Not wait, I, I want him to answer, not you. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, has not. No, songwriting is not. There are no songs in movies. That's not about 
uh, film scoring is not about songs. Right. Yes. Songs are extraneous things. Now, years ago, many years ago, people would write lyrics to themes like Moon River. And that was great. They don't do that anymore. Any song that's in a movie now is a finished record that somebody. You're right. You're in. right. Now, maybe there'll be one example. You can You're make. right. No, so we ha- my, we ha- job, my job as a film composer is to make scenes uh, that a director has shot, whatever they may be, action, romance, comedy, right. work, and let the music enhance the scenes. And the last thing a director wants to hear from me is, you know what, I think maybe there'd be a good song, a lyric to that melody. I wrote. That's not, you know, so, and it's a different thing. For me, uh, the film scoring became was and is because of the time constraints and all the the pressures involved a real wonderful musical challenge so did they come to you you, don't you think we've lost something in film remember three coins in the fountain love is a many splendid thing those songs no but those songs made the romance it made the movie so round and juicy well love Love songs now are, are horrible. They're rap, and rap is not romantic. <laughs> well, there is there there are still things. There's still things that you can. I mean, I. I did still you things. see the did, did you see the movie Angelina Jolie's movie The Tourist? With Johnny Depp. With Johnny Depp. It's an old movie, about fifteen years yeah. old. No, it's not. Yeah. It's only about eight yeah. or nine years old. Yeah. And that, the best that, musical score. Of in a long time, the music was magnificent, and I can't find the album because I want that album. Well, my best friend produced it, you know. He pro- he, pro- you he produced the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so maybe he can tell me where if they recorded. <laughs> no, well, no, listen. I'm no, I'm having a thing with him now, so I'm not going to call him. But he produced oh, that. Right. They moved that, and that movie, I believe, I could be wrong. I think it was scored by a Polish composer, really, really good composer. So you're right. It was probably a great score. But you know what? They, you know, when you do a movie, you don't always have, they won't do a soundtrack because of reuse fees. So they yes. may not have, because if it was done, you would be able to get it in one second. Just See that? And, I, and I can't. And the, and, the, and the musical score was so romantic. When they do the waltz together in the palace. I don't remember no- see, even seeing it. But, oh, um, you should see it. It's it's really a, a fine film. Yeah. Wait, wait, do you go and back and wait, watch? Wait, and Angelina Jolie is That's absolutely breathtaking in it. Well, she grew up in my house. You know, she lived on Roxbury. We lived on Spalding. My daughter went to school with her. So I know Angie since she was like four years old. So hang on. I want to go back to you, though, because then you, uh, first of all, I messed something up before, but but I have another thought in the meantime. Um, so do you watch your own films to like hear the scores? Oh, God. After they come out? Yeah. No, 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 never, never, never. Uh, I do the score. You work on these scores for how long they give you. It could be two weeks or two months. So you have as long as whatever the story is of how you came to it, you have a certain amount of time. And you work night and day. You basically, no matter what it is, and it doesn't matter, by the way, if the film is good or bad, it's the same thing. And you can do a great job no matter what the film, the, the level of the uh, you know, the, the production of the film is. It's still, uh, whatever it is, is hard work. And you go 24-7 every day of the week. And after that, unfortunately, it's not what you do. You do what you do. There's a lot of things that go on while you're writing. It's not like they give you the film and you're locked in a room and they say, we'll see you in two weeks. No, there's a director, producers, a studio. They come over every day when you should be looking at the picture 
concentrating, trying to create the best music you can. But of course, every once in a while, there's a knock on the door and it's these guys. So the answer to your question is what happens is you do it. And then when you're done, you have to turn it over to them and they go in for their mix. A mix is when they do the sound effects yeah. and the, the music and everything and the composer. And that's when they screw up the score. <laughs> <laughs> because they decide you already decided and spotted. It's called spotting music, which each cue, where it comes in and where it goes out. Okay. And maybe each film has, let's say, at least an hour of music. That's a lot of music. 50, 60 cues. So you do that. And then they take it and they may decide when they go into their mix, you know what? Let's start a little later. Or you know what? That music doesn't work. Gone. This is the what happens. So what happens is when your question, I think, was do I watch it? After I turn it over to them, I go on to the next thing. I don't watch them. So what's your back? Like now, for instance, recently, thank God, I have lots of stuff on. It's on all day and night in every country in the world, okay? I have lots of movies on. And even here, because I don't sleep at night, I at 3 in the morning, I will hear something, and I may have not really ever really listened to that score with the picture the way it turned out now that's maybe an overstatement but not really and i will hear something say hey you know that was uh i was right about this or that or they messed it up and took out the best cue in the movie that that's sort of what happened so no you don't sit around and watch and quote admire or decide you did a lousy job when it's over that's the way he, he is with all the movies well, he's in. He doesn't you know, look at I, I don't look at any. I've done a lot of movies, and I don't look at myself. I mean, I was forced to look at myself last week at a, at a red carpet, and I left the theater saying, I look like a fucking old bag. I mean, I <laughs> age so quickly, and the lighting sucks because years ago they lit you correctly now there's no lighting so jowls show bags i mean you look wretched and they love to come in for nose hair shots and i <laughs> and i think it's hideous i want what to know are these movies that you were in that they come in for nose hair shots all of, a lot of them today close-ups of the thing years ago we did a standard shot of the whole room like a theater and the characters walked around in the room now the camera walks and the camera does it for you so if you're going to walk in a kitchen they have your headshot walking in the kitchen then the establishment of the kitchen it's a new way of shooting which stinks anyway i want to know about your background which parent encouraged you to do music neither Wow. How did you, then how did you get to where you that's a hard school to go to um i just sort of showed an early interest and i would go over to the luckily we had a, a little spinet piano in the living room which all good jewish families had absolutely and um you know and everybody had to start piano lessons uh even though the music wasn't really in my family uh so I expressed some interest and started playing, you know, like the ballad of uh, what was that series? Davy Crockett. Like that was my one of my first uh, remembrances of, of a quote piece of music or a song that I kind of picked out. And then it's it still to this day, I always um, marvel at the fact that they got me piano lessons and 
I stuck to it and they went along with it. It wasn't that they didn't like music, but they, they had no background in it, let alone thinking that I was going to somehow. They so they, they, were, they were just Hamisher people. Oh, yeah. 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 So you, you didn't come from money or big shots. No, no, zip, not at all. No. Zippity doo dog. Okay, so hold on. So he's that, got wait, a... that makes me even respect and admire you more that you did it yourself. I like oh, people oh, 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 who oh, oh, No, I like people who who don't get it easy, who don't inherit it from a parent. Oh, uh, no. you no. did it the hard way and that get, I give you my utmost respect. But that right. way, that way Ron, when you land, when you go out with no net and you land on your feet, that makes it that much more reward. Everybody that I'm friends with is a self-made success, uh, and they've all did. They all did it the hard way. I don't respect people who, like some movie stars, have their children, their daughter, then their granddaughter, then their great-granddaughter in film. That's nepotism. That's nepotism. <laughs> that's an easy way in. Somebody like you or me, for that, for example, that didn't come from it. I came from the projects in Brooklyn. You know during the second world war i was born 1940 i'm 81 years old so i've been around the block a lot of times and um i've seen too many people get uh, get it easy and they're the bitches they're the ones that are not nice but the people that worked hard to get what they got they're the nicer people i agree yeah. I'm going to so be in a movie on. soon with Lainey Kazan. I love and adore Lainey. She's a dear friend for 40 years. And she was a simple Jew from Brooklyn. Father was a bookie. Mother was a Hamisher woman. And Lainey, look who she is today. You know, I admire her so much, too. It's wonderful. And, so and, hang on. And I, I've love got what, a, I love what a, you did. I'm on a timeline here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is what we, he's here for us to tell him what we think. I know. So, so, so first of all, I want to talk a little bit because everybody in the chat room now, they're all like posting about your new song. So you have a brand new song. It's called coming out the other side re released on Tribeca records. Uh, I know there's two different versions of it. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about the song. Cause he's going to actually play this live for the us. Song, the okay. The wait, a minute, song... wait a minute. If he plays it live, are they going to cut no, it? No, because he's playing it live. It's okay. We're not playing a recording of it. Oh, okay. I'm going to do a different version of it. The The song is really a song about uh, that I sort of came up with the concept, but it's a fun thing. It's a kind of rock and rolly thing about how, you know, after hopefully when I came up with the idea, it was before the vaccines or the vaccines were so successful that, you know, when they let it, when they let us out, Everybody's going to have a good time. <laughs> Basically, the song is called Grab Your Hat, Put Your Best Suit On. That's really the title of the song. But, you know, that's a little long. Seriously. <laughs> that's the title of the song. Grab Your Hat, Put Your Best Suit On. But called it coming out the other side for for. Reasons. Well, it's no longer than on the other uh, on the sunny side of the street. Yeah, well, it's just <laughs> so... like the, the weekend of the England story was supposed to be When Will I Hold You Again? Anyway, getting back to the song. But the song does have, even though when you listen to the record of it, it's a real poppy thing. And I spent a lot of time on the percussion stuff. There's another side to the song. And if I put it in a certain style that I kind of, I won't say I originated. It's a very piano arpeggiated style. And I slow the song up and I sing the words in a certain way. It becomes a very personal song. I still say, grab your hat, put your best suit on, but you don't laugh. You kind of take it a little more seriously. And so here, for your 
listening enjoyment right here from the Major 7th Recording Studios in Beverly Hills, California. Grab your hat. Put your right. Hat and you have to say live, not recorded. Live. Hi. Or they'll cut, or they'll cut it out. No, it's okay. For your listening good. enjoyment. Okay. There you go. Is uh, Thank you for that. I uh, is coming out the other side unplugged. Thank Good. You. That's great. All right. No, let's get let's bring it bring it down now. Here we go. You wake up with a smile on your face. Cause today you can run from your place. You've been locked in your house all year long. But today you begin a new song. You've been pushed from your purpose in life. In there on the edge of a knife. Now it's time to reach out and fight back. Time to see what this life all about. And take your good looks and deny and let your heart filled with pride grab your coat and all of your belongings because you're coming out the other side there's a new kind of spring in your step and a fresh attitude You've got pep and a new kind of spirit fills your space and a new attitude. It's your new place. So just take a good look all around you and let your heart be filled with pride. Grab your hat, put your best suit on, cause you're coming out the other side. Grab your hat, put your best suit on, you're coming out the other side. Great lyric, great lyrics, very inspirational, and yes, indeed. And that's a good song. And I can imagine when it's full orchestration how exciting it's going to be. It is. It's out now, you guys. You can get it now, you guys. It's available. Right. It came out a week ago. 
It's a different version. Uh, are you going to release the ballad version also? Well, uh, maybe for certain, um, you know, for certain instances where people are kind of, uh, I kind of messed up the lyrics, by the way, a little. Nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. But uh, yeah, nobody knows, <laughs> nobody knows the song. But I uh, no, just when I got to the first course, but um, for certain situations that people are interested in it for kind of, a, you know, using it, it, it would work good in that light. The, the record is a lot different, but um it's fabulous, and everybody yeah, but, in the chat the, room the, loved the, it. The lyrics, you know, are beautiful. They, they make a point, and I think after all this crap that we've gone through, we need a point. We need something to say. This is what it was, and you did it in that song. Thank you. Because Thank a lot of people are just still walking around saying, "But why were we locked up? Why couldn't we go to restaurants?" I mean, they're a little brain dead. But that's <laughs> I I know people that do that. How come? How come we couldn't go to movie theaters? Because you could die, stupid. You could get the flu. But anyway, your song tells it all. Thanks. Very good. You're, you're, an, you're an extremely talented man. That's why in the beginning of the show I got angry because I wanted to brag about you and you're so fucking modest. You didn't want us to do that. And that's the reason you're here. You're here because we think a lot of you and we wanted our audiences to know that. Well, I'm sorry it came off like that, but... Uh... No, you can't. You know, you were saying no. No, you're good. You're good. You really are a talented man, and you've really done a lot of uh, a huge package of work. I mean, I don't know how your brain could put all that shit out there and not be the same. I would be duplicating it. How do you do that? Not duplicate. Um. Well, you sort of, like I said before, uh, you concentrate whether it's a song or a score on what is in front of you and what it is. And how you can best, in an original way, uh, that uh, can best put that idea or that score uh, across. And so that that's the way that I I approach all these things in a in separately, um, you know, one one at a time. And uh, like I said, that's why I don't. It's not like it sounds like I do all these things or write a theme for the Olympics or NASA, the space shuttle, or all stuff. I, I do them separately. I get hopefully very enthused about each thing that I do. I concentrate and then I'm on to the next. But when I do it, I'm fully devoted to whatever it is I'm doing. So I, I so first of all, everybody, you can all go to randyedelman.com uh, to see all the different stuff he's done. So I have a question. Like the songs that you recorded, I mean that that like Patty LaBelle recorded and Weekend in New England, do you have your own versions that are released like on your website that people can hear? Oh no no no! Just yeah, no. They're on my albums. They're all okay. On my, so all, but you, it's your version on your albums, then, right? No, no. So, so go to YouTube, Randy okay. Edelman, England, and you'll see what'll come up. Is you'll see my version of Weekend in New England. I can't wait. I'm going to do that today, Randy. If someone does a cover of one of your songs, do they need to get permission from you to do that? No, not at all. No, they, they. Of course, you have. You, they, you pay they for have, it. Oh yeah. Well, no, no, nobody pays for it. You don't pay. Get paid anything. So I can make a. No, so if get, I wanted no, to. No, no, no. You, you know, it, it's my song. It's registered. They record it. They don't record it like it's recorded by Joe Blow. It's Randy Edelman, published by whoever the publisher was. Always. So that's that's. Yeah, great. but you don't make any money. Yeah, they of do. Course. If they make you, money, Randy does. Randy doesn't make money. Yeah, he does. No, no, no. Jimmy, if you want to get on the show, go to Randy's <laughs> house, and I'll interview <laughs> you too. 
Ron, no, no, that you're completely, you're way off base. Of That's course, what I need to know. No, no, they don't pay you up front. You get royalties when the song gets played. Okay, so if Patty I, LaBelle, if, it's so always, if I, Patty LaBelle doesn't get any money, the writer does. I get paid. Oh, good. Patty LaBelle gets paid from sales of the actual record she made, or when she does an appearance. But yeah, it's same thing with with movies. When a movie is shown on television or any place, the composer gets gets paid. He but movies different because you get paid to do the quote. Okay, we have many friends who have re big rock groups who have recorded music in the seventies and the eighties, and yeah. they all and they all got robbed. Our very good friend Joya uh, from uh, Expose. Made millions of dollars, and she only wound up with five hundred five hundred. No, she didn't make any money. You don't, don't talk numbers because you don't know what you're talking anyway, about. Anyway, <laughs> that doesn't happen with you, but with them, they well, all no, got it, robbed. Uh, those are, you know what? Yeah, those are odd, usually odd cases. All you have to do when you write a song, it, it's it's owned by you. You register it. If you don't, then nobody can steal it from you. Now, in the older days, yeah, you have all these examples of record cut labels or companies that took songs and and gave them uh the the writers you know a hundred bucks or something that's those are odd cases not that it didn't happen a lot in the you know in the early days but basically it's pretty easy to protect yourself and then if something if if it doesn't get logged and recorded then you have legal so so all the music that you have written over the years if it's used you still get paid it's always you always get paid from the so, first. So you're so you're very rich. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? Millions. You're worth millions, you son of a bitch. I mean, come on. No. You're, All right, wait, are you married? You're yes. Oh, because if you weren't, I got a nice girl for you. No. <laughs> I, that no, but seriously, the 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 that aspect of this. What my thing was always the music. I mean that sincerely. And whether uh, if if I want to do a, a movie for nothing, which I've done many times, I'll do it because I want to do it. it. Has nothing to do with you know how much. Oh, good, you're... good. Then you can write the music for the movie I've written with Lainey Kazan. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to do that movie. I only do ones that I want. No, but I'll send you the script <laughs> when you read the you script. Know, you'll love Lainey it. Kazan, I can tell no. you right now. See, I'm very. I'm very, when I do something, I put 100%, but I have to be into it from the get-go. Well, so, the storyline is, I, 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 tell I, I story already line. told you, I already stopped you, Ron. No, no, wait, I, but I'm pushy. Liz, <laughs> I'm, 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 jo I'm Jewish, I'm pushy. pushy. Uh, hold on, <laughs> I, I, uh, the, somehow, the, oh, somehow the thing went off. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, no, really, it just said. What the fuck? No, I swear to God, the, the the, <laughs> it went done. Oh, there you are. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. I didn't see that. It's no, it's, it's about a joke. No, 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 Wait, no, no, no. It's up, about Jimmy. a thing. No, no okay. there's one more. Wait, we minute. gotta go because he's only got. We only got two minutes left. Here. Oh, I was pushing my movie, Jimmy. You know, I you're know. never gonna get anywhere in this world if you don't push. That's okay. We, he's not one I want to push. You know, him. Jimmy's not Jewish, so he don't know the word push. <laughs> right. When you when you raise Jewish, the first thing they tell you is guilt and push. Learn those two words, you'll go far in world. Well, right? Gelt is like money. Gelt is money, yeah, and and push is what the, the, 
you know, Jewish people live by the word push. Your mother's a pushy. Everybody's Jews are very pushy. People. So you guys, let's go back. Hold on. So this is Randy Edelman. First of all, he's not super active in social media, but he's working on it. You can follow him on Instagram. It's the real Randy Edelman. And his Twitter is Randy Edelman. Um, it's R-A-N-D-Y-E-D-E-L-M-A-N. Uh, the brand new single out on Tribeca Records is called Coming Out the Other Side. It's available on all your streaming platforms and digital download sites now. His website is randyedelman.com. He's done so many phenomenal things. Uh, and, and so you need to watch all the movies and listen to all the songs. And I'm totally going to Google you now. Uh, and and he's listen to all you doing weekend in New England and stuff. And he, I want to hear yeah, that. All you do is just, just put it in there and most of the time. On you, you can get anything you want. And then you look, if it's Weekend New England, you may see it's been recorded by all these people. You'll see the original version of mine. Isn't it a shame? The same thing with Patti LaBelle. You'll see there's an original. Right, right. And the versions you'll see are much different. So you can give me the credit for writing songs. In some cases, you give the other. Uh, well, you know, everybody has a rendition, and Patti LaBelle did a rendition of your song, but it's still your words, it's your music. Oh, she no, just, no, completely, yeah, she, no, that's she, she just screamed it out and jazzed it up. Screeched it, I'd say, not screamed. Screeched. Oh, no, okay. Patti LaBelle can hit notes, nobody can. <laughs> I mean, her high C's can blow a window out. Notes, but anyway. yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. He loves but her. I, I want to say something. Sorry it was rough in the beginning. You're a hell of a nice guy. Thank you're a sweetheart. You're you're, so you're 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 good. You're, you're good. You're, you know, I'm I'm from Brooklyn. I'm very tough. I'm very outspoken because I don't give a shit. I'm 81 years old. What are you gonna do? Sue me? What are you gonna do? <laughs> have me throw have me thrown out of lawyer. Okay. Wait, have me thrown out of the business that I've been in for 64 years? Frig all of you. I'm I'm grandpa. Anyway, you're a terrific guy, Randy. Sorry, I'm not sorry you're married. I'm happy you're married, but I have a nice girl for you. Nice, yeah. <laughs> a nice girl, really. She's loaded. She's worth millions, yeah. and and that, and that that's that's a whole other life. <laughs> yes, that's a whole other one. So everybody, <laughs> we can't guys, go near that. That's right. This so is, wait a minute. Is your wife in the business? Oh, my wife is in the business in a big way. Yeah. Who is she? Maybe we know her. We know Jack, her. You know Jackie DeShannon. Go fuck yourself. That's your wife. Yep. Jackie is your wife. I love her. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me this from the beginning? Because I don't. Because I don't. Cause this is an oh my god! I love her. Yeah. Are you kidding? She hired me as her conductor when I was nineteen years old. You talking about Jackie that I know from years ago that made music? <laughs> that Jackie or Jackie the 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 Yes. Or is you're it a woman? About, this, you're talking about woman? woman that's the forerunner. Of all the rest of his women songwriters, right? I love and adore her. She, yeah. It's the same Jackie. It's not a woman with the same name, right? Yeah. <laughs> how all did right. you? That's how did you? Go, wait a minute. Go. Wait, wait, Randy. If I knew this, I would have asked you long ago. How no, did you? Well, no, you do, the yeah, romance, and I, and I wouldn't have answered one question because you wouldn't not, have told us the romance how you met and fell in love. Nope, that's okay. Why, why is that? Because he doesn't want to. Is right, right. Well, we we stray off the subject. There we go. We what stray we off the subject. Anyway, oh so we want to thank. Jackie congratulations your on your wife, on your wonderful Woo! career. Thanks for coming on the show. Lots of people are going to love it, and right. everybody in the chat room loves it. And we wish you the best with the new single right. coming Thank out the other side. Guys. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Get out of the heat if you're in yes. Palm Springs. Get we out are. of next the week, heat. and we're in LA. Take right. care, Randy, and Great. give your wife Ron. a big Good give her give your wife a big kiss for me.
Thanks. I love Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. So that was Maggie Randy Edelman. married to Jackie. Holy shit. You can hear the show, you guys, on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and SoundCloud. Now, um, how, how come, Mary, that you knew who she was and you didn't Because I know it. that he won't talk about her, so. Why well, won't he talk about that's not, her? Because uh, he's not coming on to talk about his wife. He's coming on to talk about himself. <laughs> no, when a guest comes on, they talk about whatever we ask them. If they don't want to be cooperative, then we never have them back. Yeah, but that's... you know, you come on this show, you got to be I open and honest like we are. We talk about ourselves. I, I talk know, about you. Does. I talk about you. Anyway, we got to move. A... We got another guest. Yeah, but I talk about you loving pink and being a big fairy. So. I know, but that's because our audience knows us. So there you go. Let's yeah, let every, Jeff I in. want everybody that comes on our show to be open and honest. There we go. Hey, what's up, Jeff? How are Jeff's you? Laughing. Jeff's laughing. Jeff, if you're not <laughs> open and honest, get the fuck off the show right now. I know you won't. You won't have me back. So let's. I, yeah. I wouldn't have you now. I'll cut you right now and I'll put on cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Now we want to welcome. Duck. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, comedian, <laughs> podcast host, super cool guy, Jeff Dwoskin. Hello and welcome to the show. Hey. How are you? Hey, Jeff. How are you? Nice, nice to see you guys. Nice to see you again. Actually, in the chat room, they're saying run. <laughs> run? No, 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 no. Uh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you got to tell a guest where it's at, you know, because a lot of times they want to run the show and it doesn't work that way. You know, when like you, you're a guest, you're, you listen to what we say because it's our show. That's proper. And that's what pisses me off because we've had – I walked off the show once because we had one bitchy woman on that wouldn't stop. She was telling us what to say, what not to do, what what not to talk about. And I thought, what is this, like a concentration camp with this broad? You know, she's like a, like a mafia. So yeah, I was but he wasn't like that. No, 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 he wasn't. But look, you're a talk show host. You know what I'm talking about. We lead them where we want them to go to make the show good. Why do you think our show is such a great success, better than yours or anybody else's show? <laughs> because we know how to do it. We know how to get the guts out of our guests. So hold on, hold on, because I want to like we do we know how to get the we guts. We don't want to hear you talk. You're such a fucking bore. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to Jeff and talk real quick. So first so of Jeff, all, you, guys... you look good. What you have worked on? <laughs> no, this is all natural, right? Oh, you're in love, or you just got laid because your face looks good. <laughs> you gotta like love it. You look at him; he's got those teeth. I want to knock him right out. Yeah, he's great. You have great. <laughs> look teeth. at those. Are those teeth yours? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> look at you. Got gorgeous teeth. You're yeah, a good-looking guy. Teeth. You married? I am married. Yes, we oh, can well. talk all about my wife. That's fine. I, I, I got a the nice. I got a nice girl for you too, Brad. <laughs> but you guys, everybody, this is Jeff. His website is jeffisfunny.com. He has a great show. It's called The Jeff Dwoskin Show. Uh, actually, it's live from Detroit, The Jeff Dwoskin Show. And uh, uh, I don't know. Tell people about your show a little bit. Like, when is your, when do they, when is your show? Tell them before it goes off the air. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, the podcast, live from Detroit. It comes out every Monday at midnight Eastern time. It's a uh, it's a pop culture comedy kind of mix there. I uh, I love like I love talking to comedians. I love talking to actors. I got a whole social media background, so I do a little bit of that. And it was sort of like a little variety showish type thing. But the the uh, anchor of the whole episode is usually an interview with someone uh, famous or you know a comedian or something like that. So wait, he, you, wait, wait. He's absolutely underselling himself. 
I have been on a million talk shows and half of them I will never be on again. His show I will. We had a lot of fun on his show. His show was really very good. Don't underplay it and don't undersell it. So it, I have it, I have two shows. The other one, the, that's the podcast I was just describing, my weekly live show, Crossing the Streams, which our highlight episode featured, Jimmy Starr and Ron Russell, is, <laughs> is a weekly show that's completely live and interactive like this. But we talk, we just talk about shows that you should be streaming on TV because everyone's always like, what should I be watching on TV? And so we just kind of built a whole show around it. Like here, we talk about stuff you yeah. should and sometimes stuff you shouldn't. So No, but it was different. It was interesting. Yeah. Of course, I had a lot of fun with it. You know, my humor is a little off the wall. But um, what was our rating? I bet it was outrageous. Did people like us or they hated us? Yeah, when, when we were they either on. love us or hate us. <laughs> no, they love us. How, how could they hate us? We're honest. We're open. We tell it like it is. There's no bullshit on this show. You want to bullshit? Go on. So your, wait a second. Anyway, wait, I want to go back. I have a question. So because you because I read that on your website, which is, you guys it's Jeff is talks about his show. And you said, you know, you talk to co comedians and actors and then you and like, so what kind of like, like, what do you do with social media? I know you're on social media because we follow each other. What do you do? You give like social media tips or something or what is the, what is the social media aspect of the show? So I my one of my day jobs is my entrepreneurial side is I've been in the digital world since late 90s. I run a, a web property called a Twitter property called hashtag roundup, which is a company as well called hashtag roundup and hashtag stampede. And we run hashtag games all day, every day on Twitter. And the majority of them trend top 10 in the United States. So for the last, since 2015, I would consider myself like an engagement expert in the, in Twitter at least and uh, very knowledgeable in social media. In 2017, when I was originally going to do my podcast, it was going to be called Viral Intentions. It was going to be all about social media and how to write to go viral and you know get the most reach out of, of your um, posts that you can. And I was just lazy and I didn't do it and I blew it off. And when the pandemic hit, I had extra time on my hand. I pulled everything out of the box, you know, the boards and all the wires. <laughs> and I realized, oh, you know, it's the pandemic. People are dying. I can't start a podcast called Viral Intentions. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I ended up just renaming it the Jeff DeWaskin Show. Went more kind of variety show-ish, you know, just to kind of balance my, because I also hadn't done comedy. I'm a stand-up comedian. So I hadn't done, you know, comedy was coming to a close and end, you know, because of the pandemic and all those opportunities were gone. So this became my creative outlet. To, did, you, uh, did, did you do the hashtag games for uh, Michael Damien's movie, the first one? Uh, what was it called? First of all, I don't know what the fuck you're all talking about. Okay, well, about. hang on. Well, Wait, I know. What's a hashtag? Uh, he can't explain all that now. Everybody else will know what it is. Um, uh, what was it called? High, High Strung, because he used to do those. and he would Yeah, the training. dance movie? Yeah. Yeah, we did, uh, I think, a couple of them. Yeah, that was yeah. us. We did that yeah, with I yeah, thought yeah. I didn't know if that was you or not, but I know they did that because they always asked me to help, like, retweet it all when I when it was going on. Because yeah, absolutely. Really that was, yeah, that was um, that was us. That was a that long was time ago, cool. but yeah. The, yeah. But they were, that was that's cool. a long time ago, yes. But it's, but that's the only one I can, like, think of that I've actually participated in was his. So I think it's I think it's super fun, and, and you got to, like, enjoy it. What's a hashtag? A hashtag is the thing that looks like a number sign that you put on things. He doesn't do social media except for Facebook, and you don't use hashtags on Facebook, really. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. 
It's a hashtag. It's a thing that helps like get things noticed. I don't know how to. How do you explain oh, a hashtag? In other words, if I want to highlight your name, that's a hashtag. You, you, no. In other words, if I want you to see what I just wrote. No, that's a that's a tag. Oh, all right. Whatever. There, there you go. That's a hashtag. Okay, I've, I've seen them, but I've never. Oh, used, look how good I've he did never that. used them. I like love it. I think that's hilarious. Okay. So, um, okay, so so you got this show because, like, I actually wrote down. First of all, as a com- I think this is as a comedian, but I wrote some notes down. Uh, you worked with some great comedians: uh, Tim Allen, Kathleen Madigan, Lisa Lampanelli, Gilbert Godfrey, Kevin Pollack, uh, and Jackie Martlin. I know there's a bunch more, but those are the ones I know. So I figured if I know them, other people will know them. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I don't know all the different comedians. So, so how often do you do stand up? I mean, I saw on your website you won all these like awards at all these different like comedy festivals. I used to do it a lot. I mean, I used to do it in Michigan. We were fortunate when I started out doing comedy, there was a lot of clubs over the years. Many have actually closed down and there's not as many in the area that you can do um, comedy at, but I would work. I would like, if I wasn't working a weekend, which was Thursday to Saturday, I'd be doing open mics usually three, four or five times a week, especially in the beginning the more you start to work, you start to maybe do the open mics a little less because you're working all weekend. But um, but yeah, so it was it was quite a grind. I mean, you have to. It's just like anything; you got to get your hours in. There's no. Well, you would have loved it in my day, as I did stand up for 46 years. Uh, I worked supper clubs. There were a million of them, and we had 250 to 300 diners in our show, and it was the most exciting. Then it started where there was nothing left anymore and only offering me gay bars and I wouldn't work in gay bars. So I stopped doing stand-up. And today there's what? The comedy store? There's nothing to do stand-up in. We should bring back supper clubs. And it's a wonderful night out. A couple, you go out with a bunch of gang of friends and you get a little high and you laugh your ass off. I mean, you know, we've really turned into shitty people. We used to be better. We used to be better people 30, 40 years ago. So wait, I we, don't, we don't know how to have fun anymore. Nobody laughs. I think that's true. And in comedy, you can't do jokes. You know, years ago, I did jokes about people I knew. Tits and ass jokes today. You can't do that because they put you in prison. <laughs> or they can't. So really, you can't. Like, actually, I have a question about that. So like, because oh, I'm not finished. You're interrupting me, Mary Pink Fairy. Okay, go. Did you know, he loves pink. This is the Mary I married. <laughs> Oh, I can't. But you're the one wearing the pink shirt and the because, pink watch. Because I want to be a fairy like you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, seriously. Uh, how do you handle stand-up today? That's a question I want to ask him. You know, we have to boycott so much of your stuff. Like in other words, if you're doing a joke on Eileen Shapiro, you're not allowed to say she's got huge tits. Okay, because people go, Oh my god, that's sexist. Well, she is a woman, she does have big tits, and yeah, she is sexy. So why not do a joke about it? How would you handle that? What are you going to talk about? She's, yeah, that's the, she's, the she's question. Got, she's got big eyes. No, the question is like, Who how do you? Shit about her how eyes? do you? How do you? Now you're doing. Now you're doing stand up, and because of the uh, climate of the world, you I know, and, and being question. canceled. Why I, know, are you I know, but not about, not about because because you asked about Eileen Tiss. That's I don't want him to. Who cares about that? I want him no, to. No, but do, that was an illustration. I know. So I want him to tell me in general, like, how do you work out your stand up now uh, that the the, the the climate has changed so drastically. Well, I moved away from observational stuff, like the breast example you mentioned earlier the <laughs> a while ago. The uh, and focused more on kind of just family oriented stuff. Or if I have a joke, I would frame it in the sense of either 
me as a father or as a husband or family. So it sort of became boring. Kind of a so it's structure. about you, though. So then it's about you can do it about you, because if you make fun of you, you know, you're not going to cancel yourself. Right, 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 right. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's my experiences through through my lens. I, I, I don't think it's boring. I think, you know, when you talk about something that anyone could talk about, it's very specifically, yeah, it, then it, it, you know, you run the risk of other people doing the same jokes. I used to have a joke about a construction worker sign, funny joke, but sometimes people before me had seen the sign and would do a joke before me with the same joke, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. or not the same but, joke, but the but, same thing, you know, so I'm not going to come out and do the same. Here's another one on that construction worker. Jeff, sign. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff if, if it's not risque, it's not dangerous or funny. When I'd worked, I worked in drag as Jane Russell. And I was, I'd sing and do, and do jokes. One of the jokes I did was, I will admit my breasts have sagged. This morning I cut my nipple shaving my ankle. Now that was a very dirty joke back 30, 40 years ago. Today it's stupid. But today you couldn't do that. Because it's, it's something wrong with people. Women will not like it because you mentioned nipple. I don't know what the fuck is going on. But people have gotten, people have gotten puritanical. But you know, it cracks me up. They'll do... 10 lines of coke they'll go out they'll sit on a stool the guy has his hand up her skirt he's playing with her snatch and then he says something about her tits and she says look up here don't stare down i mean you know what i mean it, it's like conf it's weird guys don't know where to go anymore that's why guys are jumping on guys nowadays <laughs> uh. Is that why we've seen an upsurge in that? <laughs> yes. Have you have you start? Well, have you start? Have you started to? I mean, because I mean, we're basically. I don't know how it is in Detroit and California. We've only opened up. We've only been opened up for like a month. Um, that you can actually not even a month, like three weeks, I think, that you can actually like go out and. And, and here, when you work, you have to watch your p's and q's. So you would be so strapped tight that you probably wouldn't even be funny here because unless I mean, what are you going to talk about, like? Farmer John jokes. I mean, I don't know, like my father jokes. What kind of jokes is about yourself and family? Oh, my mother this morning, the dishwasher overflowed. You know, ha ha ha. Now, have you actually gone out? <laughs> have you actually gone out now since the world has opened and done any stand up with the new climate? You know, it's it's interesting. Like when they they started to open the clubs before everything was ready. You know, there was that that kind of a low where they're like, oh, maybe we can reopen. But I wasn't ready yet. This was pre-vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no. And then sure enough, every one of those clubs closed two weeks later because everyone at the club got COVID. That's sick, yeah. yeah. And so I I haven't taken any any gigs. And I, I think I missed a wave. You know what I mean? There's like yes. the booking wave. And and then I got I have this other thing too, where the the podcast, as you as you're aware, takes up a lot of time. Yes. So you know sure it does. People look at it, it's not just a matter of just getting on and, you know, it's there's a lot of research and editing, you know, all that kind of rigmarole. So when I said to my wife, oh, I might go back to do stand up, she like gave me this look like because I put so much time <laughs> into the podcast. She's like, and now you're going to disappear in the weekends also. But and I'm they like, pay, well, they, they don't know. pay well. No. I used to I, I used to get for a weekend. This is a Friday night show, two shows. I did an eight o'clock dinner and an 11 drink. That was Friday and Saturday, and I got 200 bucks a day. That was 400 bucks. That was top salary. That was star salary back in the 1960s. Today, what do you get? 100 bucks, the same thing? 
if you work, <laughs> it's scary that it hasn't really changed so, much. But so if, I work, an if, I, work an if I work an entire weekend at a club in Michigan, one of the clubs in Michigan, a feature or MC, it's usually about the same. Is it's about two hundred fifty or three hundred dollars, and that's for five shows. So you that know? hasn't changed at all. It's bullshit. <laughs> no, it hasn't changed since I. I mean, I've been doing comedy nineteen years. It hasn't changed a penny. So well, I started doing that back in sixty-two or one sixty-one or sixty-two, and like I said, we had supper clubs. Everybody came dressed beautifully, mink stoles, men in suits. Uh, the stage was beautiful. There was always an orchestra handy if you needed it. And at the supper clubs were town and country in Brooklyn, which was the most famous, uh, and the and Cherry uh, Hill, New Jersey. That club I worked, um, I worked all the the very straight clubs, the big straight clubs, and we thought that was a lot of money, four hundred bucks for the weekend back then, because I paid one hundred thirty five dollars a month rent for a doorman apartment with a swimming pool. So. I was rich with 400, rich, okay. with 400 a weekend, but Live. you, you today, you okay. can Dave Hughes is in the chat room saying he wouldn't get out of bed for that. What? No. Dave Hughes says he wouldn't get out of bed for that. Well, Hi I, Dave. Well, Dave's in the UK. Now, hey, Dave. you know, somebody, hey, Dave. somebody has said to me that I should go back to work even older. I could be funny. And I said, well, what are they offering? They said, oh, they give you 500 for the weekend. I said, I don't put eyelashes on for 500 for the weekend. <laughs> are they serious? 500 bucks for the weekend? No. I think it's funny. Well, I think it's cool. And I think it's cool the way you, you've you created a, a show that people actually like like because your show is actually good. Like we've probably. Well, you're nice. You're good. We've, we, you. you know, I know. You, I don't and, know. you and Manhattan. Manhattan is, I like him also. Oh, the scene snobs. You know, Mick. Yeah, I would go back. I would go. Oh, on we, have, we have three podcasts we like. So yeah. like you're you, you're always very supportive too yeah. in social media, no, no, which no, no, I appreciate. No, you're, you're one. And Mick Manhattan with the scene snobs, and then the other one we like is the. Uh, What's his name? If you invited no, us, the something podcast. If you invited us back, we would come back. No, no. What was it? Hang on. Uh, the amazing podcast or something? Freaking amazing! Uh, freaking awesome podcast! Those freaking are the, awesome the ones that we yeah. like a lot. But the rest, I've, I've been on maybe twelve or fourteen, fifteen of them, and no offense to them, but they stink. <laughs> oh no I, I had the most horrible time i mean if i didn't carry their show it, i mean they just sat there like morons they didn't say a word and i thought to myself you're the host you're supposed to guide me through this and they didn't they don't know how to host that's they want to know if you're going to travel with your show in the chat room I don't know what that means exactly. Travel yeah, maybe tra as a travel comedian. means he goes all over like different states. I know, well, that, well, that's the reason I want to. You know, when you're doing, a, I know you guys have been around forever, so you've built up this. No, he has. I I have. <laughs> but I realized, like, oh, it would have been great. It'd be great to still do stand up because then I could promote the podcast. <laughs> like that could just be a way to you know make cards or whatever you know get people to listen to the podcast. No, what but, you do is you photograph the pod the the, the, the stand up. As a podcast. Right. In other words, you should have on your show, like right now, this, make believe this is your show and we're on it. You should show us three or four minutes of your stand-up. And this makes your show interesting, and it also is your commercial. You want to get more viewers, too? I'll tell you what I've been yeah. doing. Which, uh, which you know, variety in a show is what makes it un happen. Unfortunately, my Instagram got hacked two days ago, and I still can't get in it. Um, so I got hacked, even though, which really bums me out because we get a lot of plays on a show, but like, if you, if you put your show on Instagram TV, you'll get a lot of views. Um, and it can be up to an hour that you can't make it more than an hour. 
So like, yeah, I have to edit, you know, what you want to go on there. But like, we got, I think in like three months, we got 2 million plays on, on, uh, uh, on I don't, you know, on I, Instagram. I put crossing the streams, the live show, like the one we, you were on, that's wow. on Instagram TV. And I always end it purposefully <laughs> starts at nine 30. I ended at 10 28 every time so it's under 60 minutes yes, so i don't I have do to that. edit so I, have, I do the same well I, <laughs> I, I just, and, and, and another suggestion in order to make your show a happy show don't wear black all the time and get the hat off <laughs> yeah you're cute people want to see no, you we're something more color you know we're colors because we know that jimmy and i are colorful on our show and it makes the show happy and colorful you look like you're going to go, uh, I don't know, to a movie. You, you got to look more theatrical because you are a showman and you should look like a showman. You shouldn't look like Joe down the bar at the bar, the corner bar. I tell, tell you why I wear the hat, Ron. I wear the hat because I feel like my forehead's gotten so big that the light reflects off of it. And I don't like you know the way what? I look it, on camera. You know what? It, there's a thing called base powder. You powder your head, you won't shine. A lot of Burt, Burt Reynolds used to do that when he was going bald. They used to put black uh, powder on the back of his St. Anthony ball spot. But anyway, um, it's a very important for you to look like something that your audience wants to be. A lot of people think, oh, I want to look like the gang. No, you're a star. You're not a, you're not the gang. Your audience is the gang and you have to have that position and I told this to Jimmy all the time. We always dress nice in color, and uh, people come. Plus, you're like really good looking. You walk and those fucking teeth. I mean, really now, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I would suggest. I'm, on, I'm not being critical. I'm just suggesting. No, I uh, love the constructive criticism. I appreciate g- g- it. G- a lot. Give us, give us a show more than just your mouth. Okay, give us something to look at, like my wristwatch thing. Everybody always wants it because we have a million wristwatches. So every week we make a point of my wristwatches. You know, be more of a variety and less cut and dry. Because I like you, and I know you could really have potential. Broaden yourself. Broaden your show. Don't make it like the other ones. Keep, don't keep it so tunnel vision narrow. Go big. Actually, doing the social media thing is smart in a show. Nobody I does that. I think so, because I'd love to see you be like, well, not number one, because that's us. But I'd like, <laughs> I would love a to close see number you. two. I'd be happy I would to love be. you to be number two. I'd love for you to be number two. I mean, I congratulate you. Say, oh, it's so wonderful you're number two. If ever you became number one. They I'd all say, love your teeth, though. Everybody in the chat room is commenting on I wish on I had teeth. his teeth. They're fabulous. My teeth don't show. <laughs> I have little lips, and when I smile, you never see my teeth. I look like a turtle. And I hate that. So let's talk about your show a little bit. So first of all, I noticed, which I don't know, uh, I've never had her on our show, but I would love to have her. Is Catherine Mary Stewart, was she cool? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can introduce you. The um, Well, let me, I want to say one thing about your Instagram real quick. So okay. you, I saw you post that your Instagram had gotten hacked. And before you posted that on my Instagram, I got, all of a sudden I got like 20 notifications. I look at it. Dr. Jimmy Stark. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, you got hacked. You either got hacked right after you you uh, liked up my timeline or somebody hacked you and then went to my timeline. We, we know who it is. Oh, uh, that was a commie in Russia. It's somebody <laughs> in Russia. No, it, was a it, happened, it happened on uh, Monday right. morning at 6 a.m. I got it hacked. It was a communist in Russia who did it. We know. The communists are out, but to I didn't go. To, I didn't go down your page and like all those things, so they must have done it somehow. Well, then, hey, the best thing that ever happened to me was you <laughs> getting hacked. <laughs> 
hopefully I'm going to get it back. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I can't tell people what I'm doing to get it back, but I think I'm going to get it back today. I'm hoping. Well, I'll tell. We called the mafia and they're sending an agent <laughs> yeah. to Russia to shoot the son of a bitch that hacked him. Literally, though, like they so they they sent me the ransom thing and I they every day they keep saying, how come you're not responding and all this stuff? So. They want him to pay them thousands of dollars and they will open up his Instagram. That's a against the law and the extortion and, and the fed. The feds have yeah, been I contacted the FBI, I contacted every, everybody. The feds have been notified and a lot of luck we could do because it's a communist in Russia. But. But anybody gets any weird messages asking for money or anything on it? It's not my Instagram at the moment. Hopefully, I'm going to get it back. But don't fucking give them anything because you know how I got hacked. I got like a, a message from an Instagram account that had the Instagram logo, and I looked at it and it had over a million followers on it. And it said your account looks like a good candidate to be verified. So I thought it was like a real thing because I mean they had a million followers. How, how could you fall for that? And shit? Uh, and so I clicked on the thing and and just filled out the information. And somehow for, by me just filling out the information. They were like able to uh, hack into it. So don't ever answer any of those messages. Now I'm not answering any hey, messages from you, anybody. I don't do you, know. What do you tell me all the time? All the time you say to me, do not, you know, give any click information out or click on anything. I know, but it looked like it and, was from Instagram. Pink, pinky, <laughs> pinky goes and clicks. So on my, I mentioned on my podcast, I do a social media tip. And it's just like a two minute thing. Cause the way I do tips are, I make you aware it's more awareness and then you can go Google it. Right. Okay. So one of the tips I had recently, which is good for everyone in light of what happened to you is that everyone should go set up their two factor authentication on all their platforms, Twitter, Instagram, everything. That way, anytime you log in or move from account to account, it's going to text you a code. And if it doesn't, if you don't have the phone that belongs to that account, no one can break into your thing. So it's a real easy way to secure any I, one of your social I have media. It on, okay, I wait. have it on Twitter, wait. but I thought I had it on Instagram, but I guess I don't because I didn't get – usually I get an email saying somebody logged into your account, but I didn't get the email. All you people out there, do you understand, they understand. what they're talking about? Of course talk? they do. Well, I know. <laughs> can, we, can, can we go back to simple English? Now, sure. listen, listen to me. I don't, I don't do Twitter on that shit. So I never get hacked. I do Facebook. And when they read my page, they get so bored, they wouldn't even bother hacking me. I have a very active Instagram, though. My Instagram, if you change the name on it, would make somebody a lot of could probably make somebody money because like I get paid to post stuff. Well, uh, get, get your Instagram. But I'd like to know <laughs> the commie that did it. Anyway, you know, we have to watch the commies are trying to destroy our country. So that's in every way they can. I'm serious. There's a big commie uprising right now where they want to ruin America. And they want to do it through the media. They want to do it through movies. And they want to do it through television. And that's how their game. Little by little, you're going to start to see socialistic, communistic movies where they push it little by little. They tried pulling that shit in the 1950s, the commies. And then, of course, everybody went against them and we kicked them out of the business. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so that's my little That's his thing. thing for the day. But I want to go back to the Jeff Dwoskin show. First of all, I want to know, is Catherine Mary Stewart cool? And then let's talk Let's talk interviews and stuff. So who are some of your favorite? First, tell me how Catherine it, Mary Stewart must was. Must you shout? And then after you tell me how Catherine, shout. she's really good friends with um, who's the girl that we saw at the uh, Kelly Maroney. Kelly yes. Maroney. Have so, you had I, Kelly Maroney on I your show? I have Maroney. had Kelly Maroney on my show. And um, Catherine Mary Stewart was awesome. Really, really great. And what I liked about her, which I know you guys would appreciate, when she responded back to me, 
she had already listened to like a few episodes of my podcast. So I knew she really wanted, it wasn't like just a yell, come on. Like she, she was like, oh, you talked to Ted Neely. He's one of my, that's my favorite uh. movie. Jesus Christ, superstar, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she was awesome. And she, it's fun to talk to, for me, what? people who are in movies that I really love. She will never, never, never come on our show. Because if she's going to watch two or three episodes, she's going to pull <laughs> the same. On which one wait, she she's going to pull the same shit Raquel Welch did. Raquel Welch watched a few of our shows. You know what she sent to me? I will never, never, never be on your show. <laughs> right. So like uh, some of the comments coming in. So Catherine Mary Stewart and Kelly Maroney were sisters in Night I of the love, Comet. Yeah, Night of the Comet. I love we Kelly. love Kelly. We were Kelly Maroney. Boney Maroney. She's my dearest friend. I love her. Kelly I, is very I, supportive. I was just I was just on the night. I got to tell you, though, the I'm really huge with Catherine Mary Stewart. I love Night of the Comet, but Last Starfighter was one of my favorite movies from the 80s growing up. Yeah, it's and a good so movie. so love talking to her. But I love Night of the Comet also. Those two fandoms, The Last Starfighter and Night They're of the huge. Because, huge. you know, I, I like posting the, I've talked to a bunch of people from Jaws and stuff. I'll post in the Jaws Facebooks and stuff. You get two likes. The Last Comet, Night of the Comet and The Last Starfighter, We I posted in both of them yesterday. And like tons of response, tons. Like I more actually, than really uh, great fans. What's the guy? What's the guy from Last of the Star Last of the Starfighter? What what's the the main guy? Who His is that? Is, uh Lance. Yeah, Lance. Like I used to, I dressed him one time back when I was a clothing designer. Lance Guest, I think his Lance name Guest, is. Lance Guest, yes, yes. Yes, I dressed him one time. How many have you undressed? So, I didn't undress him. <laughs> He's too young. So how so who are some of your favorite? I, I saw that you had Steve Bluestein on your show the other day. He lives down the street from us oh, not too Steve far. Steve is my friend. Steve, Steve, the depression, I call him. <laughs> he, he, he's one of these Jews that lives in the world of depression. You know, he's always, uh, what's the word in Yiddish? I'm trying to think of it now. He's always, uh, whatever. A uh, not, No, not, not that. He's always, there's a better word than that in Yiddish. I, I know. Without me, I, comes to our house all the well, When the world was open, he used to come to our house I all the time say for parties. To him, so, Steve, what miserable thing has happened to you now? And he lights up. He said, Well, you know, I went and cancer, and then my balls fell off, and my nose is bleeding. You know, he loves to whine and do, do that. <laughs> He has a new book out, Point of Pines, where he talks about his his childhood and all that kind of right, stuff. Which yeah. is a disaster. It's a train wreck. I mean, I read uh, two of his books and I had to put them down. I got so depressed I wanted to take pills. <laughs> no, really. I mean, They're he, funny, though. And I love him. He's a funny guy. He's, he's a funny, of, funny guy, yeah. He's one of our, he's one of my dearest friends. So who, wait, who are some of the other people, though, that you've had on the show that you thought, oh, my God, these were really good interviews? I know we had some of the Jaws guys on. You must have... Uh, did you used to have a certain person with the initials SJ booking people for your show? I won't acknowledge anything like that. Okay, but that the, means uh... yes. <laughs> okay. So, because uh, uh, we've had some of those people too, and they were great guests. We had some great guests. The guy who wrote the Jaws uh, screenplay or whatever, he, we, had a, we got a great response with him. Carl Gottlieb. Yeah, Carl Gottlieb. We had a great show with him. He yeah, he's, a, he's a classic though. He, didn't, he, wrote, he wrote Jaws. I actually have uh, his book autographed. I love getting uh, eight by tens signed after I talk to people. I, <laughs> I do too. Whole, I have a whole wall. You can't see it from where I. Oh, sitting, I have books but... of them. Put them in there. So I, yes. I'm only sorry. Fifty years ago, I didn't ask my star friends for autographed pictures because you didn't do that back then. Uh, it made you look less than them or a fan, not a friend. So I mean, like Betty Davis. I do have a picture up here, Betty Davis, and she did sign it. 
but I, I, I phonied it because I said, sign it to my family. And she wrote Ron Russell and family, blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, back then you didn't say like, uh, like Burt Reynolds. I don't even have a picture of Burt and I knew Burt well. Why didn't we do that? I don't know. You didn't have like, first of all, you couldn't do selfie. Like I, no, I selfies, actually, we pre- didn't have a I phone. actually preferred, I preferred getting pictures with the people than, than uh, the autograph pictures, even though I have a ton of both. No, but how come your your father knew Burt Reynolds? And he yeah, never, he never got a picture. I got a I got an autograph picture of Burt Reynolds when I was little. I don't know what happened. to Oh, it. you did? Yeah. Oh, I so hey, go back. So who are some of the people? <laughs> so so, Steve, so you had Steve. Who are some of the the bigger people that you've had, or just the people that were you thought were great guests? I think one of the more fascinating, if you love movie history, I think my episode with Joe Alves, my conversation with Joe Alves was fascinating. He was a production designer. He designed the shark for Jaws and all the visual elements for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And the interview was sort of like this oral history of the making of Jaws and Close Encounters. I found that one extremely fascinating. I think one of my big wins, which I was surprised I was able to even get, was uh, Al Jean from the, he's the executive producer, showrunner of The Simpsons for the last 22 years. But the way I think- Al Al Jean. We had had the lady who does all like half the voices on the Simpsons. I forgot her name. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. Well, Al Jean and I happen to be born. We grew up in the same exact city, Farmington Hills, Michigan. And I used to go to his father's hardware store. So I had, I kind of pitched that as a a connection. A way to get in. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but he was, he was really cool though. I mean, it was, it was, he was a really great guy. I mean, Ted Lange so, from the Love Boat, Isaac from the Love Boat. That was a funny okay. one. Yeah, fun one, you know. Ed well, Asner was pretty cool. Chris Walken came from my neighborhood, and I used to get my birthday cakes from his aunt's bakery. It was called Walken's Bakery. And I knew Chris. I met him on the BMT subway at night, 3 in the morning, when we were coming back from New York. And he was weird. Even when he was 21 and 22 years old, he was a strange bird. Uh, he's still weird. Yeah, but, but, I can but, imagine. But, but really, very nice. I mean, he's a he's a very timid, soft, soft man, but weird. So I, wait, I like. So Chris let's a do lot. bucket list then. So because like everybody's got a bucket list. Like so, who are three people that you think? Oh my God, these are the people I really want to like interview. For me, like I want Charlize Theron, Molly Ringwald, and I don't know who the other one would be. But I want Sophia Loren. <laughs> I would. I mean, I would love to talk to Steve Martin. Steven Spielberg, and then Lawrence Kasdan. And here, Lawrence Kasdan was a director of like The Big Chill. He wrote, I think, yes. uh, you know. Do you know who Sophia Loren is? Yes, yes. Oh, good. Thank God, one. So my disappointment was that Lawrence Kasdan, who's from Michigan, and The Big Chill, which takes place, it's U of M fans and all that kind of stuff. A few years ago, a friend, uh, uh, someone who used to live in my sub was outside my house. Our daughters were friends. He comes over and he says, Jeff, you know, Lawrence Kazan used to go to your house. I mean, you know, before it was mine, obviously. He used to go into your, <laughs> he used to be in your house and he would sleep there. And two of the, the two people that lived there were two of the people he based the characters in the big chill on. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. So when I wrote, I reached out to Lawrence Kazan was his people. And, um, I asked, you know, I, I kind of threw that in there in, in the letter. They said he was busy and they they kind of blew it off. And but I'm like dying. He would he's on my bucket list. So I'm dying to find out 
if that's true. You know <laughs> what, though? You just got to keep going. So, like, when I first started the show, I always wanted Clifton Collins Jr. on because I'm, like, always been a big fan, and I, I love a lot of the movies that he's in. And uh, and I probably asked him every six months for, like, five years to come on the show. And then finally, like, it's like he paid attention to it, or I don't know what, or maybe we got bigger, and he, and he saw who we had had on the show, and he said, sure, I'd love to come on and do it. He came on, and he was a fabulous guest, and we had a great time. So so my whole thing is never give up with it, because as you grow, eventually eventually they come to you, because we have all kinds and of people sorry, come back to us. I'm sorry that we didn't have this show 30 years ago, because Betty Davis was a good friend of mine. And Betty Davis would have come on our show, which would have made our ratings go up through the roof. Also, Burt Reynolds would have come on. And who else? I, mean, I knew all the legends of Hollywood. I grew up with them. Uh, they're older than I, but I knew them as a kid. Jane Russell, uh, I interviewed. She would have come on our show. So our show would have really been star-packed. Um, I don't know any of the young ones. I don't know... Uh, Shelley he doesn't know yeah, he doesn't know like, oh you know who they are I know who they are I don't know them personally because I'm too old I could see when I was young I hung out with them because we they were my contemporaries but now I'm 81 years old what am I going to hang out with Shelley's she's like 12 <laughs> 12 years old you know what I mean they know I love Shelley's like their Theron. grandfather so even the kids that I work with in the movies I mean they love me they treat me like grandma grandpa Moses but anyway <laughs> I think that's funny, though. What about musical guests? If you were going to have any musical person to come on, who would you like? It's fine. I've only had one on. His name is uh, Mark Farner. He was the one of the original lead singer, writer with Grand Funk Railroad. You know, word oh, runner. there you go. Yes. Um, and that was fun because he was actually on someone else's show, and they're like, because my show is live from Detroit, they're like, "Hey, do you want if you've talked to this guy?" I'm like, "No," and so I'm like, "All right, cool." So, so that was nice. So he was cool. But I haven't had many musicians on, or I don't even have any like in the in the pipeline. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't. Um, I like we had, Billy we had, Joel though. Billy Joel would be the one I'd want to talk to, or Elton John. I Billy, love Elton Billy John. Joel. You know, from Long Island, and everybody that knew him on Long Island said he was a regular guy. So I don't think he's a superstar in his head. You probably could call him, and I think he would come on. Billy Joel is, is supposedly very down to earth. As a clothing designer, I dressed Elton John once. It was like the highlight of my whole life, practically, because he's my favorite singer. <laughs> Elton's the best. I mean, but Elton and Billy Joel are probably the ones I've seen the most yes. in concert. Yeah. Well, as a nobody, I dusted off the jacket, the shoulder of Rock Hudson's when we were working. So... There you go. Oh, they want to know also because we got four minutes left in the chat room. They want to know since you do a show where you talk about favorite TV shows, what are some of your favorite TV shows? Oh, great question. Um, so right now, I think the show that you have to make sure you've seen is Ted Lasso. That's I think one of the best shows. That's and where out. is it on? Where is it on? That is on Apple TV. Okay. Since if you're going to then invest in Apple TV, watch the morning show, the first season of the morning show. On uh, Netflix, I really like Atypical, and I'm start. We just started watching the fourth season; just got released, so that that's really good as well. Never have I ever, which is Mindy Mindy Kaling show, yes. is a great one that you probably ne It's it's about younger kids, like they're in like middle school, and originally wasn't going to watch it. And friends of ours said, "Oh, you got to watch it." And it was really, really, really good. Very deep, very uh, emotional, and those those are some like maybe except for Ted Lasso, which is I think you know 
Did he you was ever? In culture, did but... you ever watch Sex Life? No. Did you I'm watch not... Sex Life yet? Meanwhile, series three, the guy is in the shower naked. You no, episode three. See, he's got a wang down to his knee. Now the controversy is we read it's a prosthetic, and some people said no, it's not. It's really him. Anyway, we only watched the th- first I mean, three episodes. I've never seen anything in my all life. it is is like people having sex fucking 24 all, hours a day. He, let me talk about his wang. His wang is so big, I've never seen one like it in my life. And I've seen a lot of it was wangs. bigger than Mark Wahlberg in uh, oh, huge. in, in so Boogie it Nights. Ha- it, has to be, <laughs> it has to be a prosthetic. Now, watch thousands of people that watch our show, they're going to watch Sex Life. It's, it's episode episode three. And in the chat room, they're saying they watch Atypical too. A lot of people. I mean, you know, it's a great show. I love it. I love it. I, like I, have to watch I, like... Cru- I have to watch Cruella. You guys, uh, you guys yeah, loved, loved, loved it, loved it, loved it. Fantasy, total sheer. You know what fantasy. show we, we liked a lot too? But we're older though. I forgot the name of it. It's on HBO. Michael Douglas's show is yeah, called The Kaminsky uh, Method. Is amazing. No. Oh, The Kaminsky love, Method love is amazing. It. But then on HBO Max, they have the one with the, the lady who's the comedian in uh, Oh Hacks in, in Las Vegas. Hacks. Hacks. I loved Hacks. With Hacks Gene... was great with Gene Smart. Yeah. Yeah. She's, we. She's... I'd like to get Gene Smart on our show. She's wonderful. I love Gene Smart. She was great in Watchmen on HBO. Yeah, well. she's great. Yes. I've seen her for years. I knew I've seen her when she was young. Ron and, Ron thought she should be replacing Kim Cattrall for the like for like the Sex, Sex in the, the City, City movie <laughs> because she looks just like Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall now is like sixty, and she looks like Jean, and they could easily replace it, and people would almost not know the difference. But I don't know that she would want to do it because she's too important of an actress. To step on. into somebody we only have we only role. have one minute jeff tell everybody where they find all your shit go to jeffisfunny.com you can find everything there there's a link every you can listen to all my podcast episodes there there's links to all the podcast apps there's links to the live show crossing the streams there you can watch it and then jump to youtube it's all there jeffisfunny.com and there's twitter why what's big mocker what m-a-c-h-e-r how do you pronounce it Macher. It's Macher. Uh, it's it was an old nickname. It's Yiddish. Uh, Macher means big shot. Okay. So, uh, oh, you're um, Jew- you're Jewish. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so now follow I, him on that like big shot. Follow now, him on that big now, shot now on Twitter. The now. Or Jeff Dwaskin <laughs> show. You guys, his Instagram is Jeff Dwaskin show because um we're out of time, everybody. So uh, uh follow his shows, watch his shows. Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dwaskin show. He's got crossing the streams. He's a cool guy. Follow him in on his social media. And uh, we want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing with us. And that's about it, everybody. So thank you so much, Jeff Dwoskin, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. And brush your teeth a couple of times a day. So when you're my age, you'll still have them. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, All right, everybody. We want to thank everybody in the chat room for joining us. We had a great time. Hope you guys did, too. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. And I will be shaving. Hi, goddess. Hi, goddess. Goddess is in there. Bye. Goddess, how are you, honey? Jimmy, bitch, I'm your one I wanna be. Jimmy, stop, new celebrity. We'll take you out.